Jeremiah chapter 18. Beginning with verse 1. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house and there he was making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to make. Verse 5, the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter? Says the Lord, look as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. The instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up, to pull down and destroy it, if that nation against whom I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I thought I thought to bring upon it. And the instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and to plant it, if it does evil in my sight so that it does not obey my voice, then I will relent concerning the good with which I said I would benefit it. Now therefore speak to the man of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I am fashioning a disaster and devising a plan against you. Return now every one from his evil way and make your ways and your doings Good. Isaiah 64 and 8 says, And yet, O Lord, you are our Father, we are the clay, and you are the potter. We all are formed by your hand. I want to talk to you today about the potter and the clay. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you. We're so thankful for your grace and your mercy, your power and your love for this day that you have given us, for this word, this moment, this opportunity, Lord Jesus, that you have given to us to be in your presence. Oh Lord, to hear your word, to feel you, to be in your will today. In Jesus' name, we pray, God, that you would touch each heart and each mind today. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, God bless you. You can be seated. I think one of the things, amen, that we seem to struggle with the most, if I can. Um, it's hard sometimes because each day seems to bring new trials and new challenges. It's hard on a certain day to pick one thing that we struggle with the most. But I would say in general, amen, we find as human beings it a struggle to accept or submit to the sovereignty of God. Can I get an Amen. Certainly in the society that we live in today, amen, where people are, uh, I don't know, it's, it's like they're just looking for whatever suits them the most, amen, and that's just not the way God works. Can I get an amen? It's like folks today uh, sort through, amen, versions of God that are presented, amen, and it's almost like uh, we are examining fruit at the supermarket, trying to pick out which one we think is the best one, which, amen, church are we going to follow, which, amen, faith are we going to be a part of, which one do we like the most, it's like we're trying, amen, to pick out a car that we are, uh, and we have belittled the, the presence of God to this extent that we, it's almost like when we're trying to pick out a car and we want to know what kind of options are on it and how is it going to suit us the best and how are we going to, uh, amen, uh, use it or how are we going to be benefiting from that vehicle amen we have belittled the presence of God and the faith of God amen and really we have stepped outside of his sovereignty and the understanding that at all times in every circumstance and in every situation God is in control amen 
that there is never a time where God has lost control. There's never a moment in our life where he turned the wheel over to somebody else. There's never a moment, amen, throughout all of time. And God exists outside of time. But there has never been a moment where he stepped off the throne and let somebody else take the kingdom for a while. God is sovereign and he is always in control. We cannot find ourselves thumbing through the holy scriptures, amen, uh, amen, just trying to decide almost like we're picking something off of a retail rack and decide which one of the scriptures fits us best or how can we find one that applies to our life better and we're trying to find and we're trying to mold and manipulate maybe maybe by saying we I'm including all of us but I'm just saying in general in society and in our world folks are trying to mold and shape the Bible to fit their life rather than allowing it to mold and shape their life amen to fit into the kingdom of God and the plan of God. Can I get an amen? Somehow, we have been deceived to think that our plans, our happiness, our program, our pleasures, amen, are God's highest priority. Now, understand, this is probably going to be, a few of these statements will probably be a little bit uh, unpopular this morning because of the generation that we live in, but I'm here to tell you, God loves you unconditionally. And God loved you and he died for you while you were yet sinners. So I'm not questioning or doubting his love. But God is not just sitting on his throne blowing kisses to his people that we're just running around trying to catch those blown kisses. Can I get an amen? God is in charge. And God is God. He loves us and he died for us, yes. But he is ultimately the boss, hallelujah. We have got to submit to his will. We have got to, hallelujah, uh, uh, get into his program. His scriptures are there for us to obey, not for us to pick and choose through. Can I get an amen? It's funny because those folks that, uh, amen, feel like they're just running around blowing kisses and catching blown kisses, amen. When trouble and trial comes, amen, they are the first, praise God, to say, why God? Or where is God? Or they'll even, is there a God? Amen. But I'm here to tell you, God has never left his throne. He's never been thwarted in his purpose. He's never been brought down. There's not an army or an enemy or a circumstance or a situation that God was shocked by or surprised by. Can I get an amen Sunday morning? He's in charge. I can can prove that throughout the word of God that there are those that found themselves in some of the most dire situations. I can go story after story and page after page where God's love was there and his embrace was there, hallelujah, but he never ceased to be in charge. He never ceased to be God, hallelujah. Imagine with me, if you will, amen, when the the 5,000 were walking through, amen, and following Jesus around, amen, and they were hungry and they began to feel those hunger pains and the disciples wanted to know where should we send them? Where should we send them away to go get something to eat? And the Bible tells us, watch this. I love this scripture. I love this story, amen, that when they came to him, they began to ask him, Brother Miller, what are we going to do, amen, and how are we going to pull this off? And the Bible says, says that he said this 
to prove him. This is what he asks him. He says, where will you send them to buy bread? This is Jesus asking them that these may eat. And the Bible says that Jesus asked that question knowing good and well what he would do. He was faced with 5,000 people that were hungry, 5,000 people that had an impossible situation that the disciples could not feed them all. He was faced, amen, with a group of people that you know how when people get hangry, they are some of the most hateful people on the face of the earth, hallelujah, and they'll get desperate and they'll hate you and they'll be mean to you when they get hungry, amen. Anybody ever met anybody that's hangry? All right, any diabetics in the house, you get low blood sugar and you, you almost be, oh, nobody. I'm the only one that gets homicidal. Okay, that's all right. When folks get hungry, they can be mean, they can be angry, they can get desperate, hallelujah. And, 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 and as, soon as, they wanna, as soon as they name somebody that this is the guy that we're following and this is the guy that's in charge and then all of a sudden there's something that isn't provided or something isn't there or it, they start to feel a little uncomfortable, well, then they're going to start pointing fingers and they're going to start blaming, amen. And I just believe that somehow the disciples were starting to get a little nervous because it was like, well, Lord, you know, we got 5,000 folks that followed us out here into the middle of nowhere, and now all of a sudden they need some provision. Now all of a sudden they have a need that's greater than what we have to provide for them. Amen. But watch this. Then one of them walked up and said, sir, I, I, I've got a young man here, the, a lad that has five loaves and two fish, a man in his sack. Can I just use my imagination for a minute that some young lad, some little boy did not come there with a sack lunch and his lunch was five loaves of bread and two fish. What happened was, and this is just my imagination because scripture doesn't detail it for me, but what I believe happened was, was some folks came and they had stuff to eat for the day, but they began to run out and there were other folks that were there that were simply not prepared, amen, for that long of a journey and they got out there with nothing now all of a sudden we have a young man with a bag that has five loaves and two fish say he's got leftovers He's got pieces, amen, of a lunch. He's got pieces of provision. He's got just a little bit left, hallelujah. But when they put that in the master's hands, hallelujah, and he began to break it, and he began to divide it, hallelujah, and he began to give that to his disciples, and they began to hand it out. Watch this. Not anybody was left out. Nobody was sent away. Nobody went home. Nobody walked out to the outskirts of town. Nobody got went and made whittled up a bow and an arrow and went hunting to find provision provision was made of God hallelujah with what little bit they had left hallelujah and he began to break it and hand it out and the Bible tells us that all who were hungered did eat hallelujah I'm here to tell you you may have felt, you may feel like you came this morning and there's just a little bit left or maybe you feel like you don't have anything left or maybe you feel like you came here empty I'm here to tell you 
don't start pointing fingers at God don't start doubting him and questioning him don't start blaming whoever brought you don't start blaming whoever introduced you to him don't start wondering why your belly is empty and your soul is thirsty I'm here to tell you that if you can just bring him the little bit that you have left I'm here to tell you that if you allow him to start breaking and blessing and molding and shaping he's still God he's still your provider he's still hallelujah on his throne and you're still in his hands hallelujah you're still his child you are still the one that took up the cross you are still the one that decided I'm going to follow him so what you need to do this morning is even though you feel empty even though you feel hungry in your spirit amen continue to trust in him the provision is coming the blessing is coming the power will be there hallelujah you don't need to earn it you don't need to deserve it hallelujah you just need to call on him and let him bless it and break it and hand it out Paul was on a ship amen imprisoned and in shackles and bonds amen handcuffed on this ship and a storm began to come and Paul had warned them and he had done all that Paul could do amen to give them the warning that they they needed and they just did not heed amen the Bible tells us that that, by, that ship that they were on, amen, as they guided it toward the shore, praise God, the Bible says that the front end of that ship buried deep, amen, and wedged into the rocks and the sand there. And The Bible tells us that the wind on the back side of that boat began to thrash and to blow and the waves were tearing so much so that that boat was coming apart and it was being torn to pieces, amen. And, and the, the soldiers that were on that boat were looking at the prisoners, amen, and with fear that they might escape hallelujah and that they might uh, uh, get jump or that they might jump off the boat and somehow get away from them they decided we need to kill all these prisoners we need to slay them right here on the spot and the, there was a, a centurion that was there and he convinced them the bible tells the scripture tells us and you can read it in acts chapter 27 scripture tells us that the centurion that was there was said what he was about to say because his purpose was to save Paul's life. And so he says, let's not slay them, amen, but let's rather throw everything overboard and, and let's let's get those that, and here was the command, he said, those that can swim and those that are healthy, they need to just jump on over and start swimming for sure and, and we'll gather everybody and we'll get control when we get there. But the rest, watch this, and the Bible says in verse, amen, 44, and the rest, some on board, and some on parts of the ship and so it was that they all escaped safely to land hallelujah that, that boat that was breaking up and that cargo that they threw over that there were folks on that boat that were well able to swim and they were able to jump in and physically they made it and they got to shore but there were people on that boat that were sick that were weak, amen, that maybe just didn't have the skills to swim amen and so they, they grabbed and clung on to a piece of the ship and that ship brought them to shore, amen, and they climbed out of that storm and out of those waves amen, just as safe is everybody else hallelujah can I tell you that God is in charge of your situation if you feel like hallelujah that you're on a ship that's being tossed and fro if you feel like somehow in your life the storms of life have come and it's tearing your world apart hallelujah and you feel like all you have is bits and pieces left you're going to notice that there are folks around you that swim better in that circumstance than what you do and you're going to see that there are folks that have been sick like you're sick and they've handled it better 
better than you do. Hallelujah. But if I can, can just convince you today that if you stay in God's will, there is a peace for you. Hallelujah. There is a remnant for you. There is a broken part of the ship. There is a part of God's spirit that you can cling to, that you can find in prayer, that you can find in the word of God that will get you to shore. Oh, hallelujah. I'm here to tell you that there are broken pieces in our life. Amen. There are circumstances that just come up in our life that we don't have any control over. And we've got to depend on him. And we've got to look to him. And we've got to count on him. And we've got to trust in him. Paul got up on that shore that day and he began to walk around. You know the story. Here's Paul just got to shore maybe holding on to a broken piece of the ship and he's tired and he's walking around and he knew the only thing that Paul knew how to do, he knew it's time to build a fire. Can I get an amen? Sometimes when we crash up on that shore, amen, of life, the only thing we have left is to build a fire in the prayer room. I'm just going to make it plain. That sometimes the only thing we have left when all money is gone, when our health is gone, when our friends have gone, when family can't help, when the judge has no answer, when the attorney has no answers, hallelujah, when the doctor has no medication and we're standing there and there are no more answers, sometimes we've just got to start to stumble around shore and pick up some things that are left. Sometimes we just got to go back and find some debris, amen, and bring that back and pile it up before the Lord and get down and build a fire in his presence once in a while if we're going to be rescued if we're going to get saved hallelujah if we're going to be delivered praise God it may be on broken pieces it may be on whatever's left but we can find ourselves on the shores of life and we can still find enough debris praise God in our life that we can gather it up and start to count our blessings and say I remember when I was lost and God found me I remember when I was a drug addict and God delivered me I remember when I was all alone and God was my only friend I remember when I walked into the church and had nothing to offer but they embraced me anyway I remember hallelujah when I had nothing to give but I was still included hallelujah sometimes it's just that debris that we've got to rake up and count our blessings and say I remember when God delivered me before and he'll deliver me now and let that fire begin hallelujah to claim now watch this as Paul was building that fire there was a viper that latched onto his hand I'm going to tell you today don't be discouraged amen when the when our enemy decides that he's going to cling on to your situation that he's going to find you when you're down and he's going to catch you when you're in trouble and he's going to find you when you are weak and tired and wet and dirty hallelujah in the spirit I'm here to tell you don't let him discourage you don't let him take your life don't let him kill you hallelujah in the spirit praise the Lord shake him off in that fire shake him off in that debris that you have left shake him off hallelujah in the testimony that God has done it before and he'll do it again (laughs) hallelujah shake him off Paul got done with that and he shook that beast off and wouldn't you know it that those that sat around the fire with him began to watch him and observe him they say they became spectators 
they became spectators in Paul's life. And it says that they began to watch him because they expected him to begin to swell and to die. They had seen that viper, that enemy, latch onto his hand. Amen. And they expected the poison to course through his veins and take his life. Can I tell you, it's a shame sometimes that we see people going through trouble and trials. And we will, we will dare breathe the words that this is going to be it. That they're not going to come back from this. That they're lost. They're too far gone. They've done too much. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, because they thought Paul had sinned so bad that God tried to take his life in the sea, but somehow Paul drug himself self up out of the sea. So they said, well, now he's trying to build a fire, so surely he's just not going to be able to avoid it. God's going to take his life. Hallelujah. Can I tell you, folks have never been too far gone that God won't bring them out. Hallelujah. That we've got to as the church, as brothers, as sisters, as family members, as friends, we've got to believe, not necessarily in the person, hallelujah, but believe in the God of that person, hallelujah. I, maybe somebody can't bring themselves out. Maybe they can't deliver themselves. Maybe they can't get up out of their trouble. But I know a God, hallelujah, that can bring them out. I know a fire of the Holy Ghost that they can shake those things off, hallelujah. They can shake off drug addiction. They can shake off alcoholism. They can shake off immorality, hallelujah. Anything can be quenched by the fire of the Holy Ghost. And any Anybody can be delivered. Can I get an amen? Paul got up out of that sea and Paul shook off that viper and you know the story, Paul walked into the middle of that island, amen, and he came across a man that was the, the, uh, the, the governor of that island and he was sick unto the death that he would have and Paul said a prayer, amen, for that man, praise God, and he was delivered and he was healed and he got his miracle from God. I just want to encourage somebody today, maybe I'm taking it out of context, I don't know, but let me just encourage you, if you drug yourself up out of the sea, off of something that you just have a little bit left. If you can get up on the sandy beaches of the Spirit of God and you can start to gather some debris, if you can just build a fire in the prayer room, I'm here to tell you, you're destined for the miraculous. I'm here to tell you that you can move into the middle, hallelujah, of God's will. And there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing that God can't do with you. Can I get an amen? There was a woman, amen, and her child was vexed with a devil. She came to the Lord, amen, and she said to him, amen, praise God. She said, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. And he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and urged him, saying, send her away, for she cries out after us. Isn't that kind of like folks? Amen. Here comes a woman. She's got a problem with a child at home, amen, and she's bothering the master, she's calling on him, she's asking him, amen, and watch this, how, how, how devastating would it have been, amen, to be in that woman's situation, and the master turns his back, and doesn't even answer her a word, you ever felt like that in your prayers, you know, sometimes it's just not God's time, it's just not his timing, sometimes we have some, some, some devastating things, that take place in our life. I, I know many of you struggle with some things in your families, amen. Struggle with things in your body. Struggle with things in your mind. Struggle with things in your finances, amen. Things that are terrible, horrible things 
that we cannot fix, that pastor and I can't do anything about, that you've prayed for for decades and you haven't seen any respite or relief. Amen. There are things. Amen. It seems like in the prayers and in the altars, it seems like God just isn't answering. Amen. And then there are those that will say, urge her, urge him to, why don't you just send her away? Why don't you just quit? Why don't you just get her to stop bothering you? Amen. Once again, humans being human saying, it's too, it's too much. It's, it's not time. You need to go away. You need to send her away. And then Jesus, hallelujah, something happens, amen, when he answers her and he says, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. Her attitude has changed from one that almost felt like you're the master. Take care of it. You're the guy that's supposed to do it. Do it, amen. And and he she she got denied from that. I don't I don't want to say she was proud. I don't want to say that she was being out of her place or anything. But she just wasn't asking right. And I'm not even suggesting that there are right ways and wrong ways to to ask and suggest things to God. But what I do know is her attitude changed to a moment where she said, "Lord, just help me." Hallelujah. And here was his answer to her, Amen. He said to her, "It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it." to the little dogs and watch this attitude that she has she said yes Lord yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table and Jesus answered and said to her oh woman great is your faith let it be to you as you desire and her daughter was healed from that very moment hallelujah watch this watch this he realized in that moment what her great faith was I'm not going to ask you to tell me what it was because I'm going to tell you. He realized in a moment it wasn't in what she was asking. It wasn't in how hard the deal was that she was asking for. Watch this. When she first started, she was saying, give me my miracle. Give it to me. It's, 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 you're capable. You're able. Give it to me. He said, it's not, it's not meat. It's not time. I can't give the, the bread, the children's bread to the dogs. That wouldn't make any sense. Here's her great faith. Yeah, but if I can just get some crumbs. I'm here to tell you, in your situation, with your family, with your children, with your parents, in your body, in your finances, hallelujah, if you can just manage to get some crumbs, if you can just find whatever's left, hallelujah, it'll be enough for you. Don't give up because God doesn't just hand you a golden loaf of bread. Hallelujah. Sometimes you've got to crawl on the floor in prayer. Sometimes you've got to get down on your knees, not necessarily in desperation, but in a willingness to submit to whatever his will is. Did you hear what I said? Sometimes it's a willingness. See, we get, we get, a, we get an attitude. I've been there. I've been there. You know how many, I, uh, there, a couple times in my life I have felt like God has healed me of diabetes. I, I didn't have any question. And, and I, I just knew it was done. And I knew that it was, it was open and it was answered and it was over. Amen. Only to go back to the doctor and find out, yeah, I still, I still insulin dependent. Need to do it. Amen. But there are things, hallelujah, that don't require great faith. Hallelujah. They just require a willingness to stay in his care and in his will. Hallelujah. We have to be 
careful that our situation in our body, in our family, in our finances doesn't come so large, become so large that we just decide, I'm going to quit asking. I'm going to quit believing. I'm going to walk away. This woman could have been turned away. She could have taken the ignore, the, the, what was perceived as ignoring her. Hallelujah. That was really just not God's timing. She wasn't really being ignored or denied. Amen. She could have taken that first ask, that first question, that first searching, hallelujah, and turned away and grown bitter and refused, amen, to ever ask him or follow him for anything else. Hallelujah. Can I tell you today, can I encourage you this morning that regardless of the situations and circumstances in your life, regardless of how bad it really is, hallelujah, can I tell you just because the answer hasn't come in the form that you expected or requested, hallelujah, if you stay in his will, you will hear an answer. You will get an answer. Hallelujah. You may still struggle. You may still get up against it. You may still stay in the circumstance. Hallelujah. But if you can just get some crumbs, you can make it. Hallelujah. And she was healed and she was delivered. We saw that case, amen, with the woman, praise the Lord, that had the barrel of meal and the cruise of oil. And the Bible says that it was just a, a little bit down in that bottle and a little bit down in that barrel. Hallelujah. But can I tell you this, that when the, the man of God said, make me a cake and then make your son something, and the Lord promised, the Lord promised that that oil wouldn't cease and the meal wouldn't fail. Hallelujah. Watch this. He did not promise that the bottle would be full or that the barrel would be overflowing. In fact, we don't have any indication in Scripture that he filled the bottle or the barrel. Hallelujah. Her circumstance never changed. Hallelujah. But it did say that the oil never dried up and the meal never failed. Hallelujah. Maybe those crumbs or those drops in the bottom of that bottle was just going to have to be enough and carry her through. God is in charge. God is in charge. No matter where we stand or what we're going through, he never ceases to be in charge. Immorality, we look at immorality. We look at some of the things that take place in this world. Can I minister to you just a few more minutes? I'm not in a hurry. I believe God is touching somebody's life. I believe the Lord gave the, the song team, the praise team. Man, they were anointed. I believe that he gave them those songs, and I believe he gave me this word. I believe if it's just one person or if it's 50 people, God is ministering to a heart right now. So would you allow me just a few more minutes? We, we see the story of the woman that was caught in the act of adultery, say immorality. See, in that day, that was, that was a great sin, and, and in this day, it, it still should be. But we have so many different levels of immorality today. So many things that go on that are, that are, that, that are they're just grotesque in so many ways, amen. So many things, people are coming up with new ways to be sick. Can I get an amen? They're coming up with new ways to be sick. And this woman was caught in the act of adultery. Drugged down to the center of town. I'll put it this way because there's no Sunday school downstairs and, and I want to, so I want to be careful. The kids are up here. Can I just say the bed sheets were still warm. She was caught in the very act. Drugged to the center of town. The expectation that she is, was that she would be no more. The expectation was that the law would demand that her life be taken. The expectation is that she would be thrown out. But the master stood there that day by her side. 
knelt down on the ground and wrote on the ground until all of her accusers walked away. And the Bible tells us that even in that, that time that that was probably one of the great sins of immorality in that day, hallelujah, caught in the middle of it. The sheets are still warm. They're standing there accusing her and proving her sins before the master, hallelujah. And he said, where are your accusers? Neither do I accuse you. Does that mean that we can do whatever we want? We can, we can go wherever we want? We can live however we want? No, because the, the, the command was given this. Neither, does in, neither do I accuse you, amen, but go and sin no more. Hallelujah. Can I tell you that regardless, hallelujah, of the sin that is in your life, God is still on the throne, that God is still in charge. Hallelujah. You don't have to be afraid because God is God. You should be celebrating that God is God. You've got the God of heaven sitting on his throne and he's on your side and he's in your corner hallelujah and if you'll go and sin no more if you'll repent hallelujah my bible tells me that he's not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance can i tell you that he will forgive you that he will lift you that he will bring you out hallelujah he'll give you a new start a fresh day hallelujah he'll make you through the waters of baptism a new creature in christ hallelujah he gives you the opportunity in the middle of your sins regardless of what they are if you'll turn away from them and repent if you'll get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ he'll bring you up out of that water a new creature in Christ and he'll fill you with his spirit amen so what does that got to do with the potter all of that Romans chapter 9 says does not the potter have power over the clay from the same lump to make one vessel for honor and another for dishonor? Let me explain that to you for, for just a minute. It doesn't mean that God makes junk. Can I get an amen? It's just that some folks, when the potter makes a vessel, some folks go fill it with water or, in the Bible, wine or things, barrels of fruit. Some folks use them for a trash can. Still with me? Amen? So it says that the potter, amen, will out of the same lump make one vessel for honor and another for dishonor. That's how it's used. What if God, wanting to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had prepared beforehand for glory, even as whom he called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles, amen, and he says also in Hosea, I will call them my people who were not my people. And her beloved who was not beloved. And it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, you are not my people. There they shall be called sons of the living God. Isaiah also cries concerning Israel. Though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, the remnant will be saved. We are just clay on the potter's wheel. Stand with me if you will. The Bible tells us in our opening text, God said, Jeremiah, I want you to go down to the potter's house and I want you to observe something and then I'm going to teach you something. And Jeremiah says, let me tell you what it doesn't say. Jeremiah didn't go down to the potter's house and was shown 
a room of some of the potter's greatest artistic wonders. That's, the Bible doesn't say that. He wasn't shown some of his greatest artwork and vessels on a pedestal, a man that would one day be placed in a museum. That's what it doesn't say. What it does say is Jeremiah went down to the potter's house and what he observed immediately was that there was a lump of clay on the wheel and that clay became marred while in the potter's hands. Does anybody ever wonder why does God let me go through things? Will you be honest? Just wave a hand this morning and say, I've wondered that a couple of times. I've wondered why, why doesn't, why, why is my life such a mess right now? And, and God could just snap his fingers and, and bring me out of it. Would you be honest and say, you've seen folks that are sick, you've lost loved ones, you've had situations in your life and you thought, why don't, why don't God just, just blink his eyes or something, just, just nod my direction and just fix everything. Jeremiah said that potter had that lump of clay in his hand and it became marred. The potter is the craftsman. The potter is the artist. But sometimes, how many's ever heard of the potter's field? Anybody ever heard of a potter's field? Now, I was told incorrectly at one point that that's where the potter just threw out all of his vessels that were broken or cracked or you might go into a potter's field and find it's just a field full of broken. That's not true. The potter's field is where the potter gleans his clay. Okay, it's, it's the area. It's the field from which he takes the materials that he will work with. So since he's bringing that out of the soil, there is no soil that is just perfect. Can I get an amen? Can some of the lumps of soil here today say Amen. This one, number one right here. So as that potter is forming and molding and shaping that vessel in his hands, it becomes marred. Brother Mel, I don't know. Was there a rock in it? Was there some debris in there? Was there a flaw somehow in the clay? But there was something there that just didn't work out. It had a flaw in it. It had a, a blemish. Just like all of us. So... What it doesn't say is that the potter wadded it up and threw it off on a stack and started with a whole other new lump of clay. It's not what it says. It says, and that potter began to form it and make it and mold it. And he made that vessel with a flaw, with a blemish, with a mar. In his hands, he just made it into another. so that it could be used for something else. Isn't that awesome? I, I really need somebody this morning to understand the flaws and the blemishes in your life don't mean that you're unusable. The mars and the cracks and the chips, the New Testament tells us about vessels, earthen vessels, that they used to hide their treasure in. It says that the vessels sometimes were cracked and chipped and dirty, but inside was a treasure. The emphasis is not on the vessel. 
it's on the treasure inside the vessel. The emphasis in Jeremiah is not on the mar or the flaw. It's on the potter. Oh, hallelujah. Would you just begin to pray? Would you, church, if this isn't speaking to you, would you just begin to pray for somebody that it may be speaking to? Could I depend on you to whisper the name of Jesus and begin to pray for somebody that may be sitting on the same row as you that needed to hear this? Would you do that? Would you call on his name? We're going to take just a few minutes. We're not in a hurry. Amen. Would you just begin to call on his name and whisper his name? If the Lord lays somebody on your heart, would you begin to pray for that individual? Would you begin to call their name out in prayer? Would you begin to talk to God for them? Hallelujah. Would you pray, God, put me back on the wheel? Would you pray, God, would you touch that individual that maybe we all have flaws? Maybe we all have blemishes. Maybe we have all been marred. Maybe my pot's a little leaky. Amen. Maybe, hallelujah, my vessel isn't going to do exactly what I thought it was going to do. But God, put me back on the wheel. Oh, God, put me back on the wheel. Hallelujah. Mold me and make me. I wonder right now, Lighthouse, would you just submit yourself, amen, to the hands of the master would you just be that lump of clay that is on his wheel would you just we, we don't even need you to step out amen but if you feel to step out and come to this altar they are open if you feel to step out in an aisle they are open if you feel to kneel in your chair it is open hallelujah and God is moving and right now in this place hallelujah but I'm here to tell you God put me back on the wheel God mold me and make me Lord maybe I didn't turn out to be exactly what I thought I would but could you use me for something else could you turn me into another vessel could you use me to be a vessel of honor hallelujah whatever you want to put in me whatever you want to use me for whatever you want to do with me God I'm in your hands would you submit yourself church to the sovereignty of God this morning and say mold me and make me I'm yours God church would you pray would you seek his face right now hallelujah is there anybody that would come is there anybody that would like to step out and say, I've been sick in my body. My body has just been it, it broken down and I'm hurting and I'm in pain and I, I may just be able to float up to shore on some broken pieces. Is there anybody that would come and you want us to pray for your body? Is there anybody, hallelujah, that's been going some, through something in your life? Maybe your finances are broken and your account is empty and your mind has been vexed. You don't know where you're going to go or where you're going to turn or where it's going to come from. Is there anybody that would step out and say I'm going to come and get back on the wheel I'm going to come and let God deal with my life I'm going to come and let God fix some of the crooked places and the broken parts and the chips and the cracks I'm going to come down hallelujah and let God begin to mold me and make me is there anybody that would step out is there any